Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer joining us today. Justin, how are we doing this afternoon? I'm cold. How are y'all? <laughs> I was about to say, do you like snow? No, not at all. Not at all. I am. I do not handle cold weather very well. Um, I was born in July. I feel like the summer, even when it's like brutally hot, like I, I, I would much rather enjoy that than, than the cold weather. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty rough. I was planning on going to Auburn basketball game tomorrow night in, in, in Nashville, but the roads are so bad around there because of the snow and the ice and just how, how cold it's going to get here there overnight that, you know, I'm not even going to be able to make the trip up there. But I'm not – you know, as much as I like covering games in person, I'm not going to hate the fact that I don't have to brave the elements uh, for this one. So I, I just needed to get get back warm again. You know, super low temperatures. This is not why I live in Alabama. I told uh, I, I said on the show yesterday that I am from uh, South Alabama, close to Gulf Shores area, and right. so if I see uh, one snowflake, I hold up in my house for three days. Yeah. No, I mean absolutely. I, I was. Um, I, I I interned in Charlotte uh, when I was in college, and uh, when I was up there, there was a week where it snowed pretty badly in Charlotte for the week, and uh, my two roommates and fellow interns, one of them was from Pittsburgh, the other one was from Cleveland, they were, like, living life like normal, and I was like, I'm not leaving my room. I don't know what y'all are doing. Like, I, I you know, I'm not, I am not built for this at all. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kinda, I've gotten a little bit better about handling the snow. And, and and driving in it, but like I'm still I'm still not someone who wants to even you know hang out in it. That's right. Uh, so you're not going to the game tomorrow night. We'll get to that game tomorrow night in uh, at Vanderbilt in just a moment. But want to go back and look at this past week for Auburn basketball. A win over Texas A&M. A a what was described as the closest double digit win uh, that I think yeah. that's ever happened between Auburn and Texas A&M. And then a almost collapse against uh, LSU uh, with the uh, 24 to two or 21 to two run that LSU went on in the second half. But Auburn was able to pull things out. What were your thoughts on on the play of Auburn basketball last week? I thought it was a great week for Auburn basketball, and here's why. Even with those negatives that we talked about, you know, didn't shoot the ball well against A&M, had that, had that second-half slump against LSU. Last week in college basketball, six of the top eight teams in the country lost to unranked teams. There were several other ranked teams that lost. That was a week where everybody was on upset alert, and Auburn beat two more opponents, pretty good opponents, too. I think L- you know LSU had gotten off to a pretty good start. Um, in, in SEC play, A and M obviously just beat Kentucky uh, in overtime. So I mean, they've they've got real talent, and you know, preseason number two in the league um, to beat both of those teams by double digits. I mean, I think that says a lot about this Auburn basketball team. You know, it's not perfect, but I mean, you're not going to find anybody who's perfect this time of year at all. Um, and, and so this Auburn team is very confident in the way they play, offensively and defensively. They've got depth. They've got balance. And they're hard for they're a hard team to play against. Um, it, it is hard to come up with a team that is like a real nightmare matchup for Auburn. And, and likewise, I think Auburn can adapt. They can win games ugly with defense grinded out. They can win games lighten it up on offense as well. Um, it, it was just a really impressive week because it's college basketball season. There's not one true super dominant team in the in the country this year. There's not one true super dominant team in, in the SEC either this year. Um, so just winning and hanging around has a lot of value, and Auburn did that on uh, you know this past week. For the guy that really jumps off the screen when you're watching Auburn basketball right now it is the play of Jalen Williams. Talk a little bit about him and how his confidence seems to be growing. 
Yeah, Jalen Williams is, is, is playing some of the most efficient basketball you're going to find with anybody. Even in this past game against LSU, he only takes two shots, and he hits both of them, and there were you know big shots in that game. You know, he's a guy that, you know, just does some of everything really, really well. He's up across the board. Um, he's a great shooter. He's barely missed any shots here in this run, especially from two. Um, you know, he's, he's gotten better as a rebounder this season. His defense has been great. And he's such a good passer and playmaker as a big guard uh, that he's very – I mean, he's, he's central to what Auburn wants to do on offense. You know, you have this four-out offense, sometimes five-out offense, if your power forward's not as confident with the ball in his hands as Jalen Williams is, you just don't have, you know, the same amount of, of pop. So, yeah, I mean, even in the games where Jalen's not going nuts as a scorer, he's still, you know, one of the best players on the floor on both ends. And he's just playing with a ton of confidence right now and aggressiveness. Um, you know, he want a fifth-year player to be playing at this time of year. He's, he's, he's seen it all. He's done it all. And I think that's just been such a weapon because he's just really, really hard for teams to, to scheme against. Uh, question I was going to ask you for to comment on is uh, the the bench play, and I mean it's something that has been talked about a lot. But just how how good is that group that uh, comes in, and just how interchangeable is this lineup that makes this team so good? This is the best bench in college basketball, and it's not particularly close. Um, in D one games this season, they lead the country in bench scoring. Here's the stat that just blows my mind. I wrote about it yesterday at the Observer. Here's the stat that blows my mind every time I look at it. If you look at the five-man lineup of Trey Donaldson, KD Johnson, Chad Baker-Mazzara, Chaney Johnson, and Dylan Carwell, the five backups, when they play together, um, they have the best efficiency of any five-man lineup in college basketball this season. That means when they're on the floor, they are better on offense and defense than any other five-man unit. And, and it's because... They play when other teams' starters are starting to wear down a little bit, get tired. They play when other teams' benches start rotating into the game, and they're not as deep as Auburn. They're not as talented as Auburn. This is an Auburn team that looks at their lineup and says, hey, their roster say, hey, we've got 10 guys. We can play any of them in any particular combination, any particular order, and feel like we're going to be fine. You've seen that here recently where guys like Trey Donaldson, KD Johnson, and Chad Baker-Bazaar have been in closing lineups for Auburn. You've seen them mix and match some of – these reserves of these starters and, and just and just play play the matchups. They play the matchups. This Auburn basketball team does not have a superstar level of talent where you're like, there's no Jabari Smith, there's no Walker Kessler, there's no first round draft pick. They just got a lot of really good college basketball players and they bought into playing Bruce Pearl basketball and the culture that Bruce has built on this team stands out because it's hard to convince kids hey, you're not going to play 30 minutes a night. You, you might not even play 25 minutes a night on this team. You're not going to get every shot you want. You're not going to get, you know, all the all the play and time that you want. But if you but if you stick to it and, and, you know, really play in this system and buy into it, we're going to keep each other fresh and we're going to keep each other balanced, and, and it could be a really fun team. So it's very unique. Um, I would say it's probably – Auburn's the most unique team in major college basketball. Nobody plays more bench minutes than Auburn. Nobody gets more out of their bench than Auburn. And for a lot of major college basketball teams, contenders, you only want to play six, seven, eight guys deep. Auburn plays 10 or 11 deep, 
and they're better because of it, and it just makes them such a such a special team. Justin, I want to follow up on that uh, that question too. Is you look at how well the bench played, how how much Bruce Pearl uses this bench in the rotation. I want to go the other way. When you as you look down the stretch through this, we get into the media conference play. Do you think there's anybody on that bench rotation that could see their minutes go down a little bit, or do you think everything's going to stay the same? You know, I think right now you're more likely to see some bench guys get a little bit more playing time. Okay. I think I think Chad Baker Mazar is probably your best example. He's been out playing in terms of minutes, Chris Moore here the last few weeks, and for good reason. Um, so you know, I look at I look at the bench also, and I see you know Dylan Cardwell. Like when when Jalen Williams is playing really well, you may not see Chaney Johnson as much. But I mean, Chaney's coming off of one of his better games this year. I just think. It's not an even 20-20 split at all five positions, but it, it's not too far off. I think, you know, I think Auburn's best-case scenario is they may have a guy play 25 minutes or 26 minutes. That's about it. Um, you may get some other guys in there. You know, Chad Baker-Mazar might play a little bit more. Chris Moore might play a little less. You know, you, you still got Leo Berman in that rotation. But uh, this is about as even and balanced as you're going to find anybody playing. And, and I think that's just – yeah, I think that's part of the the, the, the appeal of this team is that uh, they're they're going to lean on everybody. All right, Justin, let's uh, let's look ahead to this week for Auburn basketball. You got a road trip to Vanderbilt. Never been an easy place for really anybody to play, but especially this Auburn basketball team has had struggles uh, in Nashville uh, recently. And then you get a uh, top twenty-five matchup inside Neville Arena on Saturday. I believe this is going to be against Ole Miss. This is going to be the first top twenty-five team Auburn's faced since that Baylor team to open up the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what what are your thoughts of how the uh, about Auburn this week? Yeah, I mean, the Vandy game is always interesting because it's Vandy. Memorial Gym's weird, and, and, you know, it's a place where Auburn struggled over the years. This Vanderbilt team, they have a terrible record, but, like, they're not a horrible basketball team. You look at the teams they've lost to, most of them have been really quality opponents. They gave Alabama a heck of a game, uh, you know, last week. Um, You also look at a two-point loss against a very good Memphis team. This Vandy team is is built to hang around, and I – you know, for Auburn, I think it's just any means necessary. Get in and get out with a win. I mean, you can you can get style points in this one for sure. Vandy's struggled on defense this year. Um, you know, they, they they're not as talented as they've been in years past, but they are built to hang around. They they play a slow, methodical play, pace on offense. They limit possessions. Um, you know, Jerry Stackhouse is one of the best X's and O's guys you're going to find anywhere in college basketball. He's going to have a team built to just hang around, and they and they're not going to be afraid. They're not going to be worried about going down. They feel like they can hang around with this, this Auburn team. So for Auburn, I think, you know, you come into this game tomorrow, if they take care of the ball and, and they shoot well, um, they should be able to win against this Vanderbilt team. But I, I would expect this game to be a lot closer than people may think with the way Vandy's record is. It's just this Vanderbilt team just doesn't get blown out very often. I know they've lost a lot, but they're just they're not a bad team. They're a very well-coached team. And there are teams that can just hang around and, and give problems, especially away from home. Then you got Ole Miss on Saturday. I, I really don't know what to make of this Ole Miss team because they're kind of the opposite of Vanderbilt in the fact that they haven't played a lot of really good competition. Um, they've beaten a couple of teams that are really good, Memphis being one of them. Uh, really impressive win for them against Florida here recently. Did get blown out to Tennessee, but this is a team that, like, you know, has got a lot of confidence because they've been playing good basketball here recently, and you can only play who's on your schedule. Obviously, Alan Flanagan coming back to town. West Flanagan coming back to town. That's going to get a lot of attention. Al's off to a really good start this year. Ole Miss has got one of the best shot blockers in the country, Jamarian Sharp. 
Um, they've got Matthew Morrell. I mean, they've got they've got a, a number of pieces that have, have been experienced. Really good coaching, Chris Beard. Auburn's really good at home. I, I look at this Ole Miss team a lot like I look at the, the Texas A&M and LSU teams that Auburn has played at home here recently, where it's just I think it's going to be a hard fought game. I don't expect Auburn to to run away with either of these either of these matchups, but they're going to be good. They're going to be good tests for sure. And um, you know, I think Auburn's going to be especially early in the year. I think they're going to be pretty pretty happy with the fact that they get Ole Miss first at home instead of having to go to go to Oxford, especially with the way you know Ole Miss is playing recently with a lot of confidence. For not usually the kind of subject that we talk with you about, but you were in the building on Sunday for Auburn women's basketball taking down LSU. For anybody who doesn't know, how big a win is that for Auburn women's basketball and Johnny Harris? Oh, man, it's massive. Uh, I thought this Auburn women's team, I think they've been playing really good basketball. They just had some bad luck and, and you know, haven't been able to finish some of these games in SEC play. And to, to play a team like LSU, the defending national champion, probably the most, probably the second or third most talented roster in college basketball. I mean, South Carolina is just playing a different sport than everybody else, but LSU's right up there uh, with Angel Reese and, and some. Of, it's just really impressive. This Auburn team is built on defense. They they created turnovers. They made it tough for LSU to get to their spots. They weren't intimidated. Um, you know, Auburn got off to a really good start, and then LSU took the lead in the second quarter, and you felt like, oh, all right, here it comes. Here comes LSU's big run. Auburn played back and forth the rest of the way, forced turnovers, hit some clutch shots, hit some hit some big free throws, played to a great crowd. It's a win that you definitely, definitely want to take for Auburn. Uh, I think this Auburn basketball, women's basketball team is is talented. I think Johnny Harris has the athletes that she needs to run the type of defense that she wants to run. I think this crew's getting better at hitting shots from the outside, playing a little bit more aggressively with their jumpers. Um, you know, it's a grind in the SEC. There's a lot of really good basketball teams. This team's going to have to play South Carolina later in the year. They're going to have to play some other really good teams. But this kind of win can give you a lot of uh, a, a, a pretty big boost because if you can beat LSU if you're Auburn, you feel like you can hang with anybody on, on your schedule. And I think that's a great sign for this team. And I also think winning with that crowd on on Sunday, great atmosphere, is a great sign. I mean, you know, I know there were a lot of people there because it was LSU, but, I mean, this Auburn women's team is a fun team to watch. They play a fun brand of basketball. And if you live here um, – Come out to their games on Thursdays and Sundays. They, they they play a fun brand of basketball, and they need your support. And I think I think you saw on Sunday what a good crowd can do for this team. Uh, and so I think that I, I I think Auburn fans should be pretty happy with with uh, what Johnny Harris is building here. And Justin, because there's no off season or dead period with college football, uh, you, you look at this Auburn football team still trying to piece together a, a, a staff this year. Well, what are you hearing about any potential moves that this uh, Hugh Freeze can make? Yeah, it's interesting because the defensive coordinator search kind of keep, go, goes on and on, and people are kind of wondering, okay, what, who's going to be the move? What's next? What's next? Name I've heard a decent admit is Chris Kiffin, and the thing about Chris Kiffin is, well, he's coaching uh, the Houston Texans who are still in the playoffs right now. So, um, you know, that's a name that could be a reason for, for kind of the hang-up there. You've heard a little bit, um, you know, about, about some other guys on the defensive side of the ball. Chris Hampton was one that, that, that have been mentioned. He's a co-defense coordinator at Oregon, former defense coordinator at Tulane. A lot of people really, really like him, you, you know, for the future. There's been some other guys, um, you know, that that uh, that have been mentioned for the job. And then on the offensive coordinator side, I think that one's a little less pressing to me because Freeze is going to be the guy who's going to call plays, it looks like, next season. You need a quarterback's coach. You need a running back's coach. Uh, but, you know, Auburn's gotten through this first little stretch of recruiting here 
without a completely intact staff, and they've still been able to get guys in the portal, get guys on campus who are juniors and stuff like that. So I think it's less important that Auburn goes and finalizes his staff as it is just to make sure to go get the right guys. And so I think some patience, you know, at this point, you're not you're not in a rush. Um, you're not trying to hit a deadline for recruiting or anything like that. So, you know, they've got some guys out there that, that make some sense, but I could see why Auburn's taking the time, especially if they're looking to the NFL and, and, and you know, there's, there's still some pieces that need to be sorted out at the next level right now because they're still in their season. And, and you know, it's, the carousel's just started going for them as well. Uh, and so that's what the coaching staff, and now as far as the players that are going to be playing for who, whatever coaching staff comes in here, uh, you're obviously you're losing a couple of guys today to uh, grad transfer. <clears throat> uh, are there some guys out there that is currently in the transfer portal to kind of keep an eye on, uh, and then potentially even on the high school rounds as, as far as commits go and things like that? You know, what do we look like? It seems like it's been quiet over the last week or so as far as getting sure. guys in here. So what? where's the uh, status there? Yeah, it's interesting. Donovan Kaufman and, and Cam Riley going to the portal today. I thought Auburn kind of got their Donovan Kaufman replacement, you know, this weekend with Jaron Thompson, the the transfer from Texas. You know, he's been their latest pickup. You know, Jaron Thompson started most of the games this year for Texas. He's been starting for you know, several years uh, for the Longhorns. Safety's played a lot of football. He's pretty productive. He was there. He's probably the most disruptive pass uh, you know, pass defender on that that uh, Longhorn team that went to the playoff this year. So. That's a guy that I think you can come in and start right away. So that helps out, you know, losing a guy like Donovan Coffin, losing some of those safeties, that helps. And then, you know, Cam Riley, you know, moving on. Auburn did get Dorian Mousey from Duke. They are bringing back Eugene Asante and Austin Keys. That inside linebacker room, you know, adding, you know, guys like DeMarcus Riddick and DJ Barber, it was going to kind of be tough for Cam Riley probably to find some, find some, you know, solid playing time unless he moved to edge rusher. And Auburn's got some guys they've looked at there. So, you know – Riley and Kaufman are both guys that you'd love to have back if you were Auburn, but you can see why they're going to the portal. You see how some of these transfers they've brought in, you know, could already kind of help replace them. And yeah, I think right now for Auburn is, you know, the interesting thing is just what do they do, you know, with the portal? Alabama guys can go into the portal. Washington guys can go into the portal. I guess Arizona guys are going to go into the portal now. San Jose State guys is that chain reaction because of these coaching changes. So there's still some dudes out there, and Auburn might be interested. You know, I'm also keeping an eye on quarterback. You know, Will Rogers is a guy that everybody's kind of mentioned now that he's back in the portal with Washington opening up. Um, you know, Auburn's been interested in quarterback, so why not a guy who's been an experienced quarterback in the SEC? We'll see if Auburn, you know, goes in that direction, if they feel like that's, that's a move. That'd be what I'd keep an eye on. But honestly, right now, I think the big push for recruiting, uh, and, and it should be, is uh, all eyes are going to be on Ryan Williams here these next couple of weeks. He just made that visit to Texas A&M. He decommitted from Alabama, which I thought was a really big sign, you know, instead of just waiting to flip or, you know, even staying put with Alabama. The fact that he decommitted after Saban's retirement, I thought spoke volumes. Auburn's going to get the last visit. They're going to try to bring him in. I think that's where a lot of Auburn fans need to keep their attention on because he is definitely going to be worth it uh, if they can land him. Justin Ferguson joining us today from the Auburn Observer. Justin, we'll wrap things up with one more question about the cold. Uh, you, you mentioned you're, you're not a cold-weather fan. Well, i, I got to ask you a tough question then. This past weekend, we had two NFL games that involved different types of cold. You had mm -hmm. the minus 13-degree wind chill, but no snow up in uh, Kansas City. Then you had the 17-degree Buffalo game yesterday, but you had to wade through uh, hip-level snow to get to your seats. Which one would you be more willing to sit in through? You know, it's crazy. I think it's the Kansas City one, you know, because I think 
the thing about this, uh, the thing about the cold and being wet in the cold, that is what I mean. It makes it even worse to me. I know the wind chill was bitter in Kansas City, uh, and I know, I know those people looked absolutely miserable. But the fact that you had to like go through all like, like feet of snow to get to that Buffalo game, yeah, that that ain't for me. At least I can stay dry. I can layer up as much as possible and try to make the most of it. But if I'm having to wade through snow and getting wet, and, and it just it, it would just make me feel even colder. So I'd go with Kansas City, but I think both of them were terrible. I think I think the the people who had it figured out were the ones who went to the to the game in Tampa Bay yesterday. That's that's the only playoff game I saw that were you know, outside of the indoor ones where I'm like, okay, yeah, you want to do that? Go to the Tampa Bay ones or go go inside at Ford Field or at, at Cowboy Stadium. The rest of them. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not looking forward to any of that. That's right. We we like some mid seventies football weather yeah. right here. Well, Justin, Absolutely. thank you so much for joining us on the show today. What's coming up with two basketball games and still football <laughs> news over at the Observer this week? Yeah, you can go to auburnobserver.com. Check it out. I had a story yesterday on Auburn's bench that you can read. I had a story today. Auburn's a top fifty free throw shooting team in the country right now, and I asked Bruce Pearl and some players about why they've been so much better in there. So you can check that out. Tomorrow I got a story on Auburn's transfer class so far. Just kind of get to know some of these guys that are coming in for the Tigers. You can look at the roster tracker is still ongoing. You'll have coverage of the, the Vandy game, the Ole Miss game this weekend, mailbag, podcast, ton of stuff coming up out of the Observer. Go to AuburnObserver.com, sign up there. It's $6 a month or $60 a year to get a full subscription. And once you pay, everything we do gets sent straight to your email inbox without paywalls so you can read and listen on your own time. It's great stuff. I highly encourage everybody to go subscribe to it. Justin, as always, thank you so much for your time, and we will talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Appreciate it, guys.